It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. All right, and welcome to episode four, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix recap episode. What a race. We got a lot to talk about. Sorry about the delay for putting this episode out. I was really trying hard to hopefully work out a chance to record with my dad. He was going to be kind of over in the area, but plans really didn't fall through. And But I do have a guest this week, um, really, really good friend, like a brother to me, um, Eric Merrill. He's going to be joining us here. He's... Um, pretty big car fan in general um really handy around a car um always when we were growing up he was always fixing his cars when i was taking mine to the shop and um i'm really happy to have him here he's um just getting into formula one um he's been watching a lot of um beyond uh what is it called eric drive to survive drive to survive thank you yeah drive to survive and um and then obviously he's been listening to my podcast because it's the best. Not really, but thanks for listening. No, it's and, really good. It's and uh, and I'm really happy to be have him here to talk with us about this. Um, this was his actually the first whole Grand Prix you watched all the way through, right, Eric? Yeah, I had to wake up really early, um, but I was happy to do it because, well, because I love you first yeah. of all. Um, but no, it was it was really interesting. I have never seen or had never seen a full race before. I'd only ever seen highlights and recaps. And it was really cool. It was actually very, very cool. Yeah. Well, you picked a great first one to... uh, Yeah, I got lucky. Got real um, lucky. Yeah. I mean, Azerbaijan, historically, um, almost always delivers something interesting. But, boy, we really got lucky um, this week (laughs) or last week, I guess. Um, Yeah. So... um, what 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 got you into Formula One besides having me do a podcast about it? Well, I was going to say actually that you know my one of my oldest and dearest and best friends, uh, a guy that I call my brother, uh, generally speaking, just started this this really amazing podcast, um, and I think you would be familiar with it. It's this one that was <laughs> that we're recording right now. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, seeing or listening to you and your dad um, talk about the sport. Um, it, you can, like, hear, like, the passion in in what, you know, like, in what you see in the technical aspect of the cars, uh, which was the, the other reason that I kind of got interested, like you kind of said in, in my wonderful intro that you did for me. Um, I've always liked cars, liked working on them, liked being around them, and, you know, F1 even for people that I think don't really know much about the sport, realize that F1 cars are at the pinnacle of technology in how they run, uh, how long they can run. Um, They're really at the forefront. And so I think for me, that was a big part of it um, to get interested. And then, and then, yeah, this podcast made me want to start watching races. Oh man. And I am so glad you did. I mean, genuinely the reason I started the podcast, if anything was to just get more people to get up early on a Sunday morning to watch uh, Formula One. It so, worked. It yeah. worked for at least one person so far. I mean, it's, it, it's a long scam, you know. This is all of it. 
um, right. But yeah, um, no, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, let's just like get jumping in because I feel like we're gonna have a lot mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, do I don't think I know. I mean, I know you didn't watch qualifying with me, and my even on that. my recording, I'm I. It went so long that uh, I didn't even get to see all of the recording on or all of qualifying on the recording that I was watching it on. And I had to look up race recaps for all of Q3, which, man, I wish I could have seen live. That seemed like such a exciting Q3 again. Mm, um, yeah, they had some, some highlights. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the, the highlight for qualifying was, I mean, it was long. There were a lot. Yeah. So, uh, just so you know, typically three, there aren't three red flags in one qualifying session. That's actually, uh, the, the second most times that, um, there's been a red flag during a qualifying session in the history of the sport. So, Mm. and I think uh, along uh, me with a lot of other people were thinking, oh man, usually when there's an exciting qualifying, i.e. Monaco, the race before Mm. the race tends to be kind of a snoozer. Um, but boy, were we wrong, but we'll get to that after we just go through qualifying. Did you have anything like that you thought you wanted to ask me more about qualifying or? I guess the only thing with qualifying that I wasn't sure of, um, is there three qualifying sessions, right? It's Q, one, two, three. And I guess like as a general question, why are they broken up into three sections or, and I know that like is, is, or I don't know. Is one better than the other considered better? Like, I hear people talk about, like, oh, I wish I would have gotten into Q3. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I mean, well, the the inherent reason is great grid position. The longer you stay in qualifying, the more opportunities you have to be higher in the grid. Because, so is it just you you go through qualifying and, and people start dropping out? Yes, or, every, or, every, ep- every um, session you lose five drivers. Got it. So the slowest okay. five drivers are eliminated. That's why they're saying, mm-hmm. I wish I would have gotten to the next section is because I would be five positions Just, higher at least. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then why there's three, I don't actually know the reasoning for why there's three, <clears throat> but also qualifying from historically, uh, historic perspective, it was also like literally qualifying your team and your car for the actual event. Um, when there were more than 20 drivers. Yeah, when you weren't guaranteed yeah. an actual spot on the racetrack for the race that day. It was to qualify for the race event itself. Right. Um, but I would have to look into it. Maybe that'll be my, my first like uh, factual update. Um, and if anybody out there listening knows why, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram or TikTok and let me know. I'll be lovely Ooh. to chat with you. Um, DM. But yeah, so... Q1, Q2, through 3 you lose five drivers each time, and then and that dis- your slowest time decides your position within those five if you were, like, lost. Okay. okay. Um, but, yeah, that's why it's exciting. And then it's, like, really exciting, like, when somebody who who's never made it to, like, Q1, or, I mean, Q3, gets to. Like, yeah. Russell, I don't think he, I think he did do it, but um, he's been close. Like, he's been, like, 500 to the second off or something. Um, Each. That's just. Yeah. I mean, okay. As a as a person who's new to the sport, too, the the hundredth of a second, uh, you know, differences. Yeah. In in pole positions or in winning, like five hundredths of a second. Yeah. The margins are so slim. It's it's in, it's insanity. 
yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find it here. Um, but the like the times for qualifying, of course, the one one I'm looking at doesn't have the times. But it was like I'm pretty sure I was remembering that like it was six tenths of a second that separated all one through ten in qualifying it at Azerbaijan in the background. Yeah, I mean, other forms of motorsport, you know, in, in depending on the form, you can count your victories in car lengths. You know what I mean? In, sure, in sometimes laps. in minutes. Yeah, laps. I mean, uh, fractions of a second. I mean, I think it just goes to show the skill of the drivers. Um, the again, just how how sharp the cars are. I mean, yeah. yeah, wow. I mean, you cannot, you cannot demonstrate that amount of time to somebody like no like i don't think you could stop and start your phone and get six tenths of a second and then yet that's like people are like oh you know they'll be able to they'll be able to pinpoint where on the track specific turns and and sectors at least where you're like you're losing you're losing two tenths at nine danny yeah pick it up you know <laughs> like they, they talk about tenths of a second like they're these boulders that they can like move out of the way yeah, I, I I remember just talking about this right now, very specifically. I wish I could remember who said it in Drive to Survive, but he's like, a mistake for me is breaking two tenths of a second too late, and I run off the track. Like two tenths of a second. Uh, I mean, like you, <laughs> you can break seconds of time too late on the road and just be just fine. You know oh, what I totally. mean? Like you're fine. Yeah. You can just be not paying attention and just be like, oh, oh, shoot, oh, I had to break a little bit. But no, no. Yeah. Did anybody stand out in qualifying that you remember that you were like, wow, that was a surprise? Um, well, okay, so listening to your previous podcast episode, um, you were talking about how Ferrari for a long time was struggling pretty hard. Um, and, um, I mean, Ferrari, uh, Leclerc, got on pole, yeah, right? Most- so. Most I mean, polls of the season, or, yeah, or not most, but they have more than they have more than uh, Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull's <laughs> leading the championship. So I mean, that's that in and of itself. I think that weird dynamic of like, okay, um, this is well to, to back up one race. I think in Monaco, Leclerc what qualified for pole, but then couldn't actually race because his car got brokey, right? Correct. Um, yeah, but so, okay, so two races in a row, he qualified for pole. Um, Under Red Bull. One race he couldn't, yeah, he couldn't race at all. And, and in um, Baku, he didn't end up first. I mean, I don't think that's too big of a spoiler. No. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't place first at the end of, of the actual race. So that, to me, I, I guess is sort of curious. Um, Why, how he could be that good and get pole but not have the race pace? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it seems like those two things would be directly connected to each other, but I know it's a lot different when you get 19 other cars on the track. Yeah, so from what I looked into, because I was curious as well, and I I mean, this is a a typical thing too, is that you can set up a car to be really fast for one lap. Um, Mm -hmm. So the main thing that Ferrari did to be fast on that one lap was really focusing on sector three. Um, it's the fastest part of the track because they're really good. Their car, that, that's why they were so good at Monaco, is that their car is really, has a, their chassis is really well designed to take and handle slow speed corners extremely well. 
And okay. then, so they were like, okay, well, that we have a good section of that. Sector one, sector two is pretty like that. But then, what are we going to do at sector three? We're down, we're still down on power pretty significantly. Mm. And okay. they just put the, they had this, they were running like the smallest wing, rear wing of any team, like significantly smaller, which gave them pretty significant straight line speed advantage down what is the longest straight on the F1 calendar, it's over a mile. Oh, okay. So when you think about that, they're, they're reaching their top speed before the first, you know, eighth of that mile. The rest is just mm-hmm. managing the air for the rest of that time. And so if your wing is significantly, has significantly less drag, and you get a, yeah. a smack of a good toe from the car in front of you, which Leclerc did, um, oh, it will right. it will be so much faster. They said that a tow on at Baku if you could if you could get a tow, which means like the car a car is far enough away from you that he's not in your way and like scrubbing your grip, but he has mm-hmm. punched a hole through the air. The air they call it um dis, uh disturbed air. Um Okay. is thinner. It's easier to go through. And they said yeah, at Baku it was worth it was worth about 6 tenths. So that's literally that's the huge. difference between yeah. last place or 10th place in Q3, last in, te- in Q3, but 10th place on the grid and first. And first, yeah. And, I mean, and we saw that as the race begun, that that he he was quickly, like, everybody, the, you know, um, Hamilton and Verstappen were both right on him. I mean, and by the end, Gasly, Sainz, Perez, you know, he was just falling mm-hmm. back. Is that because that be not having that wing, it just trashes your tires. And you just lose mechanical grip, and then you don't have, you know, uh, air grip. <laughs> down yeah, grip. your aerodynamic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just chew through your tires, which causes you to go slower, um, or slide, or be slower, and gives your opponents more opportunity to overtake you. So, or you have to pit, which then they just overtake you because they can stay out so yeah, much longer. Yeah, because you have to pit another time or two to compensate for your tires, sure. You saw the same thing with Botas. Botas was running a different wing than Hamilton and was nowhere near the pace. But they've mm. been struggling to fire up their tires. They've been having some tire temp issues. I heard a little, a really interesting bit about that from the Race Podcast. Shout out the Race Podcast. Listen to it. It's better than mine. Um, I will If know. you like nerd stuff, it, they're like way better. Um, well, I know you, the people listening don't know me necessarily, but you do. And you know that I like the nerdy stuff. Oh, you yeah. know I do. They're the best. So they were saying that like, and it brings up, they brought up a really good point that I didn't even think about is that all last year, and this is, you didn't know this probably either, but Mercedes had a system on their car called DOS, dual access steering, where so they could pull their steering wheel out and change the angle the tires are for like safety car laps so that it would generate mm-hmm. way more heat in the tires because it's like rubbing more than it is when it's, when you push the steering wheel in, it changes the, the angle. Yeah. And that got outlawed by the FIA. And so I think the guy made a really good point is that all these other teams, because the compounds from Pirelli really haven't changed from last year to this year. And so... Yeah, and they're all set for all the teams. Like, they all have these tires. Yes. Well, they have have the same amount of tires that they can choose from, and they have a set amount that they can choose for each race, but how they use them is up to the teams. But I mean, it's always the same manufacturer of tires. Yes. You can't, yes. or the same same uh, compounds, just a range of compounds. 
they yeah, range across they'll, them. They'll, yeah. Usually the same, and then there will be slight. They'll, there will be slight differences from year to year based on like the technology that Pirelli's developed, or you know, if learning from last year, if they brought the wrong compounds, basically, like mm. a, a compound isn't working or something, then they'll change it for the for the race the, the following year. But for the most part, yeah. yeah. And Pirelli hasn't always been the tire sponsor for F1, but they've been it for at least longer than the hybrid era. Um, oh, okay. So, but what, what, why that's important is that all of the other teams that didn't use DAS have basically a year up, a year advanced start or head start on Mercedes. Because why would you be thinking about tire temp strategies and tire strategies for a car that you don't have anymore or you didn't have? Like, this is basically a new car. Yeah, so do you think so that is that was almost like a crutch for them that year. Like it was an advantage. Oh, it's a that huge, year. huge advantage, yeah. Huge. But but now they're kind of on the back foot because they have to figure it out. A the little right bit. Way. Yeah. I mean and you're seeing <laughs> yeah. that. You saw Hamilton struggling at Monaco for grip. You've seen mm-hmm. you know, like they're just yeah, I think it's a little it's 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 learning a new strategy. It's like you had this strategical advantage and then the ump was like, Ah, you can't do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So yeah, Botas struggled. Um, I don't think really. I mean, besides there being another um, session that was red flagged, and not everybody got to complete their flying laps. Um, I think that is one of the reasons that Bo- uh, Botas was also very far down. But also, yeah, he clearly was struggling and clearly just didn't have pace or confidence in his car. Um, I think another worthy shout out is um, uh, Sonoda and um, Gasly both getting into Q3 and doing really well there. Um, but I don't have anything really besides people crashing so much in that turn 15, really catching everybody out. Um, yeah. there, I don't think there was a, a super, super um, anything else really noteworthy about qualifying. Um, w- I, I just I would like to see a. a battle or i'd like to see a qualifying session again where red flags don't really dictate the order on actual pace of cars um dictate mm. the order but hopefully yeah. hopefully we'll see that at paul ricard much less likely to have in that many and we will definitely not have that many incidents at paul ricard. <laughs> <laughs> or i will be extremely shocked so let's get to the race um, okay um oh quick before we start the race i'll just gonna run down the starting grid order we did have Leclerc P1, Hamilton P2, Verstappen P3, Gasly P4. I think that's his best overall qualifying, uh, or tied. He did it once before, but Sainz, um, fifth, Perez, sixth, Sonoda, seventh, um, Alonso, eighth, Norris, ninth, Botas, tenth, Vettel, eleventh, Ocon, twelfth. Ricardo 13th, Raikkonen 14th, Russell 15th, Latifi 16th, Schumacher uh, 17th, and Mazepin 18th, and Giovinazzi 20th, and uh, Stroll 19th. I don't know why Stroll is so far down. I don't, I, I'd have to look that up. That's surprising yeah. to me. I mean, Vettel was down too, but they... I don't know. Whatever. Okay, let's get to the race. We need to recap our recap. Recap yeah. the recap. Recap the recap. So, well, we had oh. a pretty interesting start, or a pretty normal start. 
to the race. We had um, Leclerc falling back pretty quickly because he yeah. really just didn't have any pace um, after the first couple laps fighting for that. Um, and then it kind of seemed to be like it was going to be kind of a boring race <laughs> or pretty like um, settling in and we're like, oh, man, okay, it's going to be this is how it's going to kind of run. Yeah, and I, I think you actually you literally said that to me at some point. You're like, oh, well, I hope this doesn't end up being like a completely boring first race for you to watch. And yeah, and then <laughs> and then. Yeah, I think I think we had some pretty interesting, really good strategy things to shout out for those first pit stops. Um, I mean, I think I think that Ferrari pretty lost out pretty not great to that, but I mean, as good as they could do with that pace. Um, um, and then I, I think a really good uh, strategy for for pit stops that really worked out well. Um, honorable mentions would definitely have to be again. Uh, Alpha uh, Toro Rosso, um, Alphatari, and um, Aston Martin. I think Aston Martin was on on pace to to get a good haul of points. Um, I think Lestrol had just gotten into the points. He was or he was fighting for tenth at least. Um, when yeah, the, when his tire blew out. Yeah, and I think I think the thing that I I. <laughs> I think is really uh, frustrating about that, especially as he was, I think, on his way in to pit um, oh, yeah. to, to get a tire change or or maybe like a lap or two out. Yeah. And then his tire well, blew I up. Think, yeah, I think he had a significant amount of tire left, and that's what they were talking about. Uh, I heard some chatter about that from um, the race or um, behind the grid, one of the two. Um mm. Or um, Sam's podcast. Um, I forget. God, I'm blanking on names right now. Um, behind the glass, they do a great pod uh, episode recap. They talked about it too. That they were actually still within the the delta for um for what that tire for was tire supposed work. to go to. What Perez oh maybe I got tire. yeah. I may have misunderstood it. I I thought. Yeah, I thought they were talking about him wanting to pit in the next, uh, even like right then uh, or in the next yeah. lap or two. But I may have gotten that wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was just cruising, cruising down the straight, right, and just his yeah. tire blew out. I mean, there was no lap that happened on too. It was it was like forty something. I want to say Lance Stroll. Oh yeah, um, I don't have it written down here. Lap but thirty, so yeah, it was 30. significant. It was it was kind of right in the middle, which was great because that did bunch up the pack. We did get a full safety car for that, mm-hmm. um, because I think Max had already extended his lead to like, like f- four or five seconds by that point. Um, yeah, he was and, cruising, and uh, yeah, uh, it was. I thought really not- noticeable that um, Max's pit stop when it was coming through pit stops was one point nine four seconds, I believe. Mm. And if um, if Perez would have had something something similar to that, he could have he could have actually been in P one, but his pit stop ended up being a little over four seconds. Yeah, and he, I mean <laughs> I I'm not one of the, those people. I know my tone suggests otherwise, but I'm not really one of those people who suggest that like that. Um, be 
second driver at Red Bull is there's a conspiracy against it, but there's not a lot of good evidence for it. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> when you have like you you know that your pit crew is capable of a sub two second stop and you get a four second. That must just that must be the longest four seconds. Perez. Yeah, that extra two seconds. I mean, in eternity, right? Like we were saying earlier, even in this episode, when you're talking about tenths or sometimes hundreds, yeah. you have two seconds. You're just you're just sitting in your car looking at that red light, Ugh. waiting for it to turn green. You're like awful. You're like what the fuck? You changing them twice? <laughs> uh, it I think it's it's also. I don't know if you were just about to get into this too, but Hamilton had a little bit of a hiccup in his pit. I believe he got held up by another car coming into the pit yeah. lane. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to. And if you if you because if you cut out, you get a yeah. penalty for an unsafe release, which I think also happened. I think Vettel. Or he they he looked like he should have gotten it, but they never got it. I don't believe. Yeah, there were a couple. I think a couple. Um, that, uh, you may be right. Vettel had it too, where um, he got kind of held up because of other cars coming in the pits. Which you know, I mean, again, that's an extra two seconds when you're when you're fighting. Um, the, yeah, that's an eternity. Yeah, so we lost Stroll. Um, which was a really and it was a really dangerous place to crash too. I mean, his his was you're you're going 200 miles an hour right there, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think you could noticeably hear it in it on the radio for um, for that. Like he was like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thank God he was safe. Um, yep. You know, no no harm that could because it was it was like you said really close to the pit lane entry, and if you go yeah hit that pit wall sticking out there that could be that's how people get really hurt you know yeah yeah exactly and i mean again i've talked about this before and it just continuously amazes me that it's a testament to those cars you know like uh to be able to hit a wall at 150 200 miles an hour and then he he just walked away he untrapped himself and got out of the car and yeah you know it's I mean, remarkable it. i mean it really is yeah. remarkable but it is there was a little bit of uh controversy on both of the the big crashes during the race that um, some of the drivers were pretty outspoken on the radio as to what was taking it so long to call a safety car. Um, Mm. I think Leclerc was one of them, um, but there was some, like, it took took over a lap for them to call out a safety car for Stroll's crash. And in that, like, that high speed of an area... um, and cause, because yeah. there's there's some debate about, like, when the, when there's a flag session. I mean, I know Sonoda was investigated and, like, really got lucky that he didn't get penalized for it. But when there's just a, a waved yellow or double-waved yellow, like, you have to – the rules just state, like, slow to a reasonable speed or something like that. It's not a Yeah, clear, it's like show caution. Yeah. Like how, or and, something. And so when there's potentially, you know, that's a high-speed track and even even – you know, thirty percent of two hundred—that's still moving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And you catch a piece of, you know, because also fiberglass when it or fiberglass carbon fiber when it breaks, it, mm-hmm. it just turns to nails basically. Yeah. It just, yeah. And so you you run over that and pick up a piece of that in your tread, and and you're still you're still that's still a bad incident. I mean, not uh, yes. There's that too, but I mean, even there's a whole car like not moving on the track now that that yeah. drivers coming around that corner are not going to see until they're right up on it. That's a whole car. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't belong there. And there's a person or a, a several people walking around on the track because 
you know, stroll hits the wall close to 200 miles an hour. Um, your instinct is to get away from that car as it should be. Uh, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get out. And um, I mean, there's there's several people just kind of walking around or, or, you know, not exactly meandering, but I, I mean, can you imagine getting hit by a car at 200 miles an hour? Uh, you, like, bye-bye. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think there was some, and then um, for it to happen twice, because we'll, we'll come on to Stroll's crash later, but, mm-hmm. or I mean, Spoilers. Le, um Max's truck, yeah, spoil. Well, yeah, first that's the whole point of this episode, spoiling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was both pretty significant time delays, um, and there that I mean, I think Massey said something like, you know, we're looking into ways to improve the time or something. But I mean, it, it is it is like I mean, even though all of the safety, um, all of the th- like you said that the fact that they can get out of a two hundred mile an hour crash, fine. Um, but they both said that it does warrant more looking into why this would happen so similarly in such two, like two similar places for two similar cars, mm-hmm. not outside pit, pit windows. Um, but also like, you know, it, it's nice to see, like, we forget that like these drivers are still like, cause they're superhuman to me, you know, like that they can even yeah. do this and then like turn their brains off. But it is, you know, that you can still see these human like parts of them where they're like, no, like I, we do still fully recognize how dangerous this is, and like if you guys are being negligent with our lives, like that's not okay. And I like seeing yeah. that, like because that, I mean, in like that hasn't always been the case. Like a long time, and even in some other like forms of motorsport, they pretty much accept fatalities and serious injuries as like a part of going racing. Like I know that yeah. Isle of Man, the um, motorcycle race, like they like lose mm-hmm. two people a year. And I'm like, I was talking about yeah. that with somebody this week and I was like, Oh man, it's like the coolest. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be at an event where I like, I, I mean, I remember last year when Grosjean crashed and like, like that was mm-hmm. the most mind blowing thing to me too, is that it was just like, okay, like a couple hours, like an hour later. And they're like, okay, let's, let's go do that again now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, like, and that, that was, the, I mean, I actually, I just watched that, episode of Drive to Survive. Yeah. Where Grosjean crashes and it's you know, you see like that, I mean his car just yeah got broke in half. Um and the front of the car that he was in got wedged between like the guardrails and he couldn't really get out and it was on fire and I mean like they said it was like almost three minutes but by like from the time that he crashed to the time that they knew he was okay. Yeah. I mean that, you know and, and like if if he would have passed, like thank God he didn't. But like it would have been like okay, like get back in the car, <laughs> like, mm, let's go yeah. do that, you know. Like, um, yeah. and that that's just mind blowing to me. But and I but what I was gonna say is like I, I don't want to be at an event where I'm like oh man, like think of how bad that was knowing that he was okay, you know, like yeah, at least okay live. And I was still like yeah. oh man, like shake that off, I guess, you know. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, that's why they don't still do, like, I think, Group B rally races. And they kind of, like, lifted a lot of the regulations, and it was sort of like the Wild West of racing for a little while. Yeah. They had a lot of fatalities. And even now, if you try and, like, look up clips of Group B rally races, it's it's hard to find one where there isn't, a, like, a scene of somebody being killed. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's not what motorsports should be about. Um, you know, 
it should be about like pushing yourself as a as a racer as a team not about like well i hope i don't die this time you know like best friend dies or yeah because they're so tight-knit too you know like there's only so many even in big racing series you know there's only there's still Mm -hmm. only like you know 50 people that do it Yeah. yeah it's not like you don't know that person right and a lot of the guys in formula one like grew up racing together. I mean, they talk about that a lot in Drive This Direct. Sure. I don't mean to keep referring to it. I apologize. But, um, you know, I mean, they just grow up knowing each other. Uh, they're, they're competitors. They're rivals. But in a sense, they're friends. It's like part of this little brotherhood that they have, you know. For sure. And, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's, let's, let's just, like, kind of go through the starting kind of from the back. Um, yeah. But to talk about um i mean obviously Ocon had a dnf as well strolls dnf russell i don't remember why russell did russell retire because of the car or did he he didn't have a crash though i don't know i'm I'm actually just like uh, i mean it's kind of like yeah i expect them to be at the back so i don't really think (laughs) so let's um i mean we have i mean in official 18th place we do have max verstappen um, yeah, which we haven't really talked about yet. I mean, let's save it because, like, that's we'll just okay. save that for the end because it's so great. But I mean, yeah. besides Botas, which I feel like we kind of already touched on. I mean, just literally starting in eleventh and finishing in twelfth. I mean, how do you get much worse than that? Yeah, that's um, got to sting. I I remember yeah. saying it during the whole race. I was like, "How is Vettel in front of Botox? <laughs> How is this happening again?" Uh, but I guess he's just really struggling to get tire temp in that. Um, I heard an interesting thing about his, their tire temp, where they actually think that they could be overheating their tires instead of underheating. But basically, oh. what happens is if you try and put too much temp in the tires while they're in the blankets that you can actually harden the surface of the tire, which like then makes them slippier, which then overheats them. But um, I don't think they know what's going on, which is even a harder pill to swallow is. um, Man, it's hard for me to imagine that those blankets create enough heat for enough time to actually like change the compound. A hundred degrees centigrade. Yeah, I know, but compared to how hot they get on the track, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an engineer. Yeah, I didn't know this until recently. Until I was listening to that uh, the race podcast where the guy was talking about it. That Pirelli, when they give you a compound, they will tell you a operating window basically and a preheat window, and um, like how long and even how long the tire can be held at that temperature. Um, and so without actually, yeah, man, like changing the compound of the tire. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. See, again, again, pinnacle. Yeah, pinnacle. it's it's insane, Motorsport. like, um, that how, uh, yeah, like, think of 100 degrees centigrade. Like, that's the tire temperature just sitting yeah. there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay, so Botas just is nowhere. Some people, I was listening to some podcasts and some chatter that some people have, are speculating that he's already gotten the boot. Um, oh. That he's already oh. pretty much been told that there's not a seat for him at Mercedes-Benz next year. 
Oh, which I mean, it's it's kind of been the writing's been kind of on the wall. Um, I, I mean, he sold yeah. his Mercedes car, his actual <laughs> road car. <laughs> he sold it. Uh, yeah, that's not telling at all. I guess he did this thing. I didn't. I heard about this again through other people, but that he put it up on something, and then like if you if you come and pick it up and pay cash or something, like you'll he'll take you go karting. Mm. And I was like, where did that's I sell my blood? Like yeah, you... that's a deal. <laughs> you can survive on one kidney, right? right? Kidneys like, are worth. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're worth a AMG GTI, but um, well, especially one that was owned by an F1 driver, it's gonna fetch yeah. a premium. And uh, go karting is expensive too. Well, know. I think I think that he was gonna treat the go karting. If you bought oh. his, if you bought his supercar, he would All right. buy you a lap of go. I was out for a minute. <laughs> now I think. <laughs> Um, okay, then we had Jim and Nazi finishing in 11th and Raikkonen in 10th, getting a point for Alfa Romero. That's cool. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, Alfa Romero is like not, they're not yo-yoing as much as, um, in former years, but they're also not really doing much at all this year. Yeah, they're consistently. I mean, Nazi had a really great Monaco. He did well. I remember that, but, um, but yeah, they're consistently being the back of the midfield. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Daniel Ricardo again, just um, I mean he's in the points, um, apparently, yeah. but still obviously Barely. struggling. Um, Norris again up in fifth, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that he can. I've also heard rumors that they're really more working more with him to set up the car better, like to change the chassis and the way they development. They usually don't do that; like they kind of pick both cars and leave them the same. But mm-hmm. I guess they're really – I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Ricardo was pretty expensive, and they don't want to waste that money um, t- too much. Um, having yeah, Ricardo get yeah. frustrated just constantly being whapped by your younger teammate. But. Yeah, I mean, talk about Sting. That's awful. And the little wave. Yeah, that was it, so It was really Monaco, cool. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it was actually, like, I watched the highlights of that just recently, and I was like, was his car okay? Like, was he, like, battling some sort of mechanical issue? No, no. He just, he just got lapped. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, well, they, I guess that, that so I, li- I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about the way the McLaren, like, kind of needs to break is not, is really counterintuitive to the way that the Renault was set up to break into turns. Oh, so all the instincts are wrong. Yeah, so it, it's just taking... Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, even Sainz, who left McLaren to go to Ferrari, uh, mm. was, was famously said to, you know, was quoted as saying to Ricardo, it's a weird car, huh? Like, <laughs> um, and I think that's so interesting, like, is just how different these cars are to drive, you know, and the different yeah. interpretations of the same rules yield such drastically different things, like... It's still mind blowing to me, but I I really like Ricardo and I really, really liked the pairing of uh, Ricardo and Norris, and I really liked seeing mm-hmm. McLaren have pace again. And I just I hope that they can um, they can turn it on again and find something that clicks with Danny um, getting that car up there because I mean I know he's got to have more pace than what he's showing, um, and you've seen it at certain moments. Yeah, he's proven it before. But He's I think capable of it. It's just finding that confidence, um, and maybe we'll have, well, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that at uh, Paul Ricard in France, 
little more traditional circuit, little less playing mm -hmm. safe, doesn't want to put it in the wall, you know. Still, some yeah. points are better than no points, right, Stroll? Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and then right above him, Carlos Sainz, again, um, doing doing well, but still um, Leclerc's still out, you know, half him as well. He's up in fourth, so I yeah. think um, both Danny and Carlos are, I mean, Sainz, well, Sainz did really well in Monaco, but um, and again, I think they really didn't think that the the pace on these on this street circuit was going to be, or this long on the straight was going to be that well. Struggled with tire temps again with that wing, but yeah, nothing really to report there. Kind of both those guys just back there in uh, uh, eighth and ninth, um, and then the big shocker. Mr. Mm -hmm. Yuki Sonoda, highest points finish of his career. Wow. Um, yeah, really cool. Um, hopefully, I guess I was listening. Um, they were saying that he's uh, been moved from Europe to Italy, where the team the team headquarters are. <laughs> Could put a little watch, better <laughs> watchful eye on him. And he's been doing uh, two a day trainings, and they you know. Go waking him up to the reality of where he's at because I mean and I mean how rough it must be because Gasly has just been on fire the last couple mm -hmm. of races and is mm -hmm. just doing so well and then so it's like you have and Yuki had some really big hype after Bahrain and coming into the sport and um then I think had a wake up call and realized how how difficult it's going to be for him and but um yeah, it's 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 cool to see him getting some confidence back or working harder or a combination of both and and really getting up there closer to to Gasly and and putting, you know, that AlphaTauri into some battles for fourth and stuff in the constructors. Yeah. That's really cool. And yeah, then, I mean, you want to see you want to see the battles, right? You, you know, always just want to see the two two teams at the top, like four drivers at the top, like Yeah. Want to mix it up. And Yuki's going to give us, a, he's given us some interesting moments and he will continue to give us interesting moments. I remember <laughs> his crash in, in quality. They were like, I was just watching the commentary and it was like, there was no way he was making that turn, breaking that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was Paul DeResa. He's like, there, he was Ooh. dreaming if he thought he was going <laughs> to. Like, yeah. um, and then uh, Fernando Alonso really showing some nice, uh, um, nice points finishing there again for Alpine too. Up in uh, mm -hmm. sixth place, um, yeah, I'm kind of really excited to see. I know I just saw breaking news uh, yesterday. Ocon signed with Alpine all the way to 2024. Um, hey. So hopefully they can. I know they're really doing a lot of serious investments into 2022, and I think um, that could be that could be pretty interesting. Um, who, who yeah, I... what Ocon could have done if he was actually got to finish the race too. Where he would be right. in that too. Yeah, and I think Ocon's worth investing in. I do. Like, I think yeah. that's. I think that's a good move. I th I, um, I'm 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 nervous because he's. I I don't know too much about him because he's kind of always been overshadowed by his his teammates. Um, Ricardo yeah. was his teammate before that, and now you know two time world champion returning to the sport. I know Alonso, but I yeah, think he showed he's sh he's showing equal pace when he's when he's battling, when he's out there to, to Alonso and I, I even doing better than him, um, pretty yeah. sure in Spain. Um, um, the thing too, I think with him, with Ocon is, um, <clears throat> he's been forced to change teams 
uh, like a lot. He's kind of pinballed yeah. around, right? And I think, I don't know, I don't know if it'll have an effect. I imagine it would have a pretty big effect that if he's locked in until 2024, that's a huge weight off his shoulders. Totally. He has to go out there, race, perform, and he's secure. Um, yeah. He doesn't have to worry about like, okay, I'm midway through the season. I don't have a seat. Um, you know, I mean, that that has to be weight on you. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. All right, and then up into fifth, we had Lando Norris. Really, I think not, I don't. I remember a couple good moves on track for him. Really, um, I mean, strategy working out. Obviously, he's doing well, doing better than uh, um, Danny, as we already said. And you know, just being Mister Consistency. I think he's just sitting there, like cleaning up points, just just getting points. He's finished uh, in the points every race this season. Yeah. Um, Trying to see where he is in the driver's standing. I know he got passed. He got overtaken by Perez. In I think as far as F1 drivers go, calling someone Mr. Consistency is probably up there as far as compliments are concerned. Well, that's how, you know I, mean? I mean, that's sometimes how you win world. That's how you win world champions, actually. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's, that's what you want to be. You yeah. don't want to be the guy who wins a race and then throws one into the wall the next one. Like, whoop. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It do, you know, your yeah. fast laps don't mean anything if they're not followed, if they're followed yeah. by a not finishing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, um, Lando Norris is still currently sitting fourth, but he's only three points behind Perez. Um, overall? Overall for the for the, con- for the Drivers' Championship. And he is... Yeah, tight. Yeah. And they're, yeah. I mean, and they're, only, uh, they're only 40 points off of place there's 66 Norris has 66 Perez has 69 and I mean we just watched two, you know two DNFs or two out of point scores for those two guys already yeah. I mean it's mm-hmm. not it's not I mean I know where everybody's already just saying it's title fight between um, Max and Hamilton and I'm stoked for that battle if that's what it ends up being but I also really do see like some sneaky Perez some sneaky Norris getting up in there yeah it doesn't take much. I mean it's hard it's hard to ignore that point gap, but at the same time, it's like it's not insurmountable. No, right? by, by like, no means. No yeah. means. I remember, you know, uh, there was a couple of years ago, or more than a couple, but a while ago, was Alonzo was leading the championship by a, a button at Ferrari and then had <laughs> a, a serious, it was like, yeah, it was like 40, 50, 60 points, something like that. And then had just three strings of really bad race luck, got crashed in mm-hmm. Spa, and then. And then uh, Vettel passed him and then went on, ran away with the uh, championship yeah. after that. So it's like you really never know until it's over. And and, and, McCle- and Norris is doing the best he can do and just just constantly picking up those points. I mean, he's to almost 20 points ahead of Botas, and he's in a much worse car. Granted, yeah. Botas has had those two DNFs, but... Um, but, I mean, that's part of it. It's, again, you know? Points are points at the end of the yeah. championship. Points are points. And it's all part of it. Um, so. And then who's next? Got to get load back to my results page here. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Where is How it? could you forget? Who was after? It was Leclerc, right? I, don't know. I forgot. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have a results page in front of me. Yes. Um, sorry. I had to pull it back up. And it <laughs> so we just talked about Norris. It was Charles Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. Oh, man. Starting at pole. Starting at pole. dropping 
I mean, but that's honestly that's a that's a pretty good result based on, um, based on how how bad that car was was doing on tires for that. Yeah, how the setup was. Yeah. Um, I mean, and really, if you if you if you kept Max and Hamilton in there, that's six. You know, it's that seems mm-hmm. more, a little bit more realistic. Um, all right, so we can't really talk about how how great of the end of the race was until we really talk about um, Hamilton or at least Max and that whole scene well, yeah, right there. Max, Max first. Let's go chronologically. Yeah, so sure. it was very similar. It was, but it was what five laps? Five yeah, it was laps. Lap 40, 46 of fifty one. Yeah, what's going to happen? Similar yeah. thing to what happened to Stroll. I know we kind of alluded to this early in the episode, but uh, mm-hmm. just rear tire went, rear left, slammed him into the wall, race yeah. is over. But they go two laps. They would, well, it, was, it was like almost a lap and a half before they deployed the safety yep. car again. Slow yep. safety car response. Then two laps behind the safety car and then a red mm-hmm. flag session. Yeah. And I was like, are you... I, well, I was I was so stoked that they red flagged it because I was like, please don't finish this under... Please don't finish this under safety car. Yeah, and that was weird because they talked about so many different ways that it may end. It, you know, when they were trying to figure out, like, it may end the, under safety car. It, they may just end the race, to, you know, with the, the, the last standings as the standings. Yeah. And it was like, wow, what are they going to do? How is it going to finish? And What was I, what was I screaming at you during that? <laughs> when they, when they um, said we could do, a, we're, we're, we could possibly have a restart. Yeah, standing start. Oh my just, god! Yeah, yeah, standing I, start. So, I mean, I mean, what a what a great decision I think for fans to give that to us. Um, to have yeah. that standing restart. That what a call by Massey. Like, and I mean, he basically yeah. said that if we finish this under a safety car, it's gonna be the worst thing. <laughs> I mean, Hamilton yeah. really is wishing that they would have finished under a safety car, but yep, um, yep. So. Yes, so we had a red flag session. They get they they do a full grid lineup again. Um, mm-hmm. So we had um, Perez overtook the lead because uh, Hamilton was still following him when him um, when Max crashed. So we yeah. had Perez in one P one, uh, Hamilton P two, uh, Sebastian Vettel out or um, out of nowhere based on just again great strategy by. Um, Aston Martin and great drive and racecraft from uh, Vettel making some serious. I mean, I think he, I think he like passed two people in the first lap of the race. He let, which was one yeah. of them was Botas, and then just kept great. just driving a great race. I mean, it was the Vettel of old, man. Like really <laughs> consistent, really on it, really got some confidence back in that in that car and in that in that chassis, um, and really did well and was there to clean up when this happened. And I mean, that has been the MO of, um, force India racing point, Aston Martin, whatever you want to call them now, Aston Martin. Yeah. Yeah. That's been their MO is we're operating with such a less budget, but we're going to be there when all you guys fuck up, we will be there waiting to get our podiums and our wins. (laughs) Just, just, I mean, pound ready to pound. You know what I mean? Just, just crouch down and, and watching and waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we have the the shortest race restart in history with two laps. And right before yep. they go out, Hamilton and all of his 
his wisdom says, <laughs> remember, guys, it's a marathon, not a sprint, which that ah, had to be freaking yeah. decoy because that jump he made at, at Lights Out did not say yeah. marathon. <laughs> not at all. It, uh, I mean, it's as close to a sprint as you could possibly get in, in motorsport. And yeah, and then to all of the Formula One's gasp and sigh when his tires <laughs> just were plumes of smoke going into that turn one because he did get past Perez, but then just yep. skidded right on through turn one, baby. Yeah. Right into the straight, runoff. Straight line, straight line, zero turn at all. Have I told um, you what happened? Do you know what happened? I looked it up. I, yeah. I want you to tell me though. No, no, I, I want, want you I'm, to tell no, me. you. If you did the research, man, I'm, I'm, you. It's all you, well, buddy. Yeah, of course. So Mercedes has this button on the back of the steering wheel that they call the magic button, I believe. Correct. Uh, and what it, it and what it does is uh, it biases the brakes toward the front. And I, I've heard different um, proportions. Uh, but I heard as much as seventy five percent it yeah. biases, biases the brakes up for, to the front. For to heat. Point of reference: so, normal operating biases because they, they can shift it based on turn to turn. Um, mm-hmm. The normal amount that they a driver would change it during a race is something like a big change would be from fifty two percent rear bi- uh, front bias to fifty seven percent rear bias. Yeah. So when it, you throw yeah, that seventy five percent, yeah, it's basically and, you don't have rear brakes. Yeah. Well, you don't have rear brakes, and then if your front brakes are locked up and skidding, you don't have steering. I mean, that's just, you're going with the momentum of the car. You have zero steering yeah. if your wheels are not turning, um, and that's exactly what happened to Hamilton. He was trying to put temp into his brakes, from what I understand. Which he did. Uh, is a lot. If you saw yeah. that the brakes on the after that formation lap, they were smoking. Yeah, smoking. Um, and then, yeah, from what I understand or from what I read, uh, he switched them off and then, ac- you know, so recorrected to standard brake bias and then accidentally switched it back on. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've heard that he accidentally switched it back on. But uh-huh. at the, the race, the, the radio from after that, when he pulls, when he stops, he goes, he goes, was magic on? And he's like, and Bono was like, yeah, yeah, it was, but and he's like, mm. Cause I swore I turned that off. So I wonder if I, I mean I I know that that's the official stance that Mercedes and they're taking is that he he hit it, and I think I saw maybe something where they're like, oh, this video could show where he hits the button, but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty designed to not be accidentally hit. Like although I just looked up that he put out a statement and Mercedes oh. did and, and Hamilton did just recently. Uh, on the Formula One page that says they they developed like a little shroud for the button oh. uh, as a temporary sort of a band-aid solution until they figure out a long-term solution because they can't reconfigure the steering yeah. wheel um, right now because, you know, $50,000 and stuff. Sure, um, but there's but, also been how many races have they done where that's never happened yeah. ever once? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I um, don't know. But so, I mean, with the shroud thing, I could kind of get on board with like, oops, I hit it on accident um, rather than I left it on. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, does it really? It doesn't really matter. It it was on when it shouldn't have been, um, and uh, yeah, it it cost Hamilton points for sure. Huge I mean, huge points. Yeah, he went from first to what fifteen. He, he finished. 
15th, just ahead of Latifi. 15th. Also, yeah. how how much was Mazepin posting that he was ahead of Lewis Hamilton at the bottom? He's going to be sitting down telling his grandkids, I remember it was Baku 2021, and your old man here finished in front of the yeah. nine-time probably world championship by then. Who knows? So Latifi finished the race, though, right? Uh, it says so. Or did he did he DNF? He had, no, some, he he had something happen because he he must have had something happen too because he was I mean Hamilton's official time was uh, plus seventeen point six six and Latifi's uh, was plus forty two three nine. Oh no! So something happened to him too. Yeah, something happened. I was gonna say that to have that happen and to still not finish last. But yeah, that's obviously yeah. Something. That's got to be something mechanical or something. But the other, the other, uh, so that put Vettel up in the second place. He goes on to finish. And then we had, I think, one of the most exciting battles on the last lap mm-hmm. between Leclerc and Mr. Gasly himself, where Leclerc's following gets around him on the straight. And then, uh, and then, uh, Gasly tucks right back in behind him and says, No, nah, I don't think so. Boom, mm-hmm. gets that pass, really making it stick when he needs to make it stick. I was elated to see that elated to see Gasly back on the podium just on fucking fire lately <laughs> and I love it I'm so I've never been a huge Gasly fan but like I you you cannot discredit a guy who gets his whole life uprooted gets yeah. demoted back down to the team after getting his break and doesn't crumble Mid, doesn't fall mid-season. apart mid-season mid-season right yeah, yeah that that is I mean, that's just a gut punch. That's it a is. punch right to the gut. And then, yeah, and then embrace that car, that team, that role, and really turn it around. I mean, really turn it around. There, I mean, uh, I was listening to some other people speculate, but but uh, Mercedes has got to be looking at him now. I mean, sure, I think everybody's starting to look at him. Like, and I mean, if if uh, if things go the way they go, and because there's some talk that this is Hamilton's last year too. And if it's if it's Botas's as well, that who what two drivers would they slot in? You know, Russell's going to have one of the seats, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And you have you have a I Russell Gasly so. Mercedes team next year, like yeah, that could be ex- super exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you, you also yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't discredit <laughs> a Norris shot in that as well too, the way he's been driving. Um, I mean. But I if don't Mercedes lost two drivers uh, or had two open seats, I should say, I mean, everybody is going to be clamoring for those two seats. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, Leclerc, Leclerc's under long-term contract. Ocon is under long-term contract. That's true. Contract. Okay. I don't think yeah, I, I don't think Matt, I don't think Verstappen would have any real incentive to leave and go to that. I'm pretty sure he's he's long. Dude, there. But Red Bull is is is. Minus some, you know, errors and things that they cannot control seemingly with that crash. Yeah. They are looking way more dominant than Mercedes, I think, is. I don't I don't think Mercedes is the best car on the they're what they've demonstrated thus far this season, they are not the dominant car that they were last year or the year before. They are not. Okay. And I think you there could be I mean, I know Honda's pulling out, but Red Bull is gonna get to keep that engine and, and make it their own and work on mm-hmm. it in house and I who knows what that could do. Yeah, okay. I, See, I, I don't I don't think Max stuff. would leave. 
that's the sort of stuff where like as a new um someone who's new to the sport like there's a lot of nuances to that stuff where like just looking at it on the surface i'd be like well mercedes is great uh, yeah. everybody's gonna fight for those seats but well okay yeah i mean well they were for a long time but it's coming to an end yeah I really well and like that. you had said even when hamilton moved over to mercedes everybody was like what like oh, yeah. what are you doing yeah. you know what i mean like why would you ever do that and yeah i mean it, it could be maybe it's another shift yeah so yeah. so we had so gasly got his second podium perez obviously mm. takes first Comes home, standing yep. on the top step, first win in a Red Bull car, and, and he said, and he said, and uh, he's Good. like, I, it'll take me six six races <laughs> to get the cut to come to the car, and there he is, race number six, standing on the top step, yeah. albeit, albeit yeah. because of Max and his retirement, but there's really good argument. I mean, he would have finished above Hamilton, no doubt. Um, yeah. Because he was ahead of it before the crash, and and um, he was gaining on, he was showing pace to catch Max too. Yeah, and really. Okay, so maybe he may not have ended up first. I, I mean, I think that's a fair argument, but man, I mean, he is fighting. Well, he is. And, he is what Red Bull has needed to win constructors yeah. championships that they haven't found in Gasly. In Albon, mm-hmm. in Ricardo, in so many, you know, for so long they've been plagued by not having a consistent finishing number two driver. Max mm-hmm. has always been solid, always putting that car where it doesn't belong, and 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 really getting great results. But they've they've been so far on the back foot to Mercedes because Mercedes was like they set the record last year for like one two finishes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. now Mercedes is not doing that, and Red Bull is doing that, and I mean. There wasn't. There was really not a. We've already kind of briefly touched on the driver standings, um, but yep. and there wasn't a huge. At least for the front runners of the world championship, there wasn't a huge jump. But there was a huge jump right. this race in the constructors championship. Red yeah. Bull racing one hundred and seventy four points to Mercedes one hundred and forty eight points. We yeah. are. We are. That is, and Red Bull. Since taking over control of a championship, has never lost it. So, Mercedes has some okay. work to do. Yeah, and then a really, a really tight battle race between Ferrari and Mercedes, or mm-hmm. McLaren. I mean, sorry. Um, oh, ninety-four okay. points. Ninety-four points to ninety-two points, and like we said, Ferrari to Mercedes. Uh, there's only ninety-four to one forty-eight. I mean, it's. It's still it, – it, it, this is a – Yeah, it's, a it's kind thing. of the same thing that's going on with the drivers. Like, it's a, it's a gap for sure, um, but again, not something but, that couldn't change. And also, after last season, no one thought Ferrari would be there. No one. No. Yeah, and that's, again, like I said before, that's what you would uh, – what, what I think I – You expect a red car <laughs> up front. Uh-huh. It hasn't been the case lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, from yeah, from what you said, like it's been several years, right? Yeah. My history watching the sport or my knowledge of the sport is not that long, but yeah. like you said, it's it's several years that they've been struggling, really struggling. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. But all in all, man, what a race! What an exciting race! I was so happy to have spent that time watching it with you. I'm so stoked to like. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. To to be having another person to call and chat and talk with and another another guest to have on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we kind of talked about watching um, Paul Ricard, the next Paul Ricard, the French Grand Prix. But I will be in yeah. New York. Um, um, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll I'll hopefully try to make it work. Um, yeah, I'll try to see it. If we can't I'm, I'm watch it live, now. yeah. If we can't watch it live, we'll, like, we'll find a way to to watch it together. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we're sitting at uh, a couple minutes over an hour, and seems like a really okay. good place to stop. But um, yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for being on the podcast and watching the race with me. I, I had such a this was such a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I want to thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it, I feel very privileged, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, well, um, thanks again, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time for a race recap of the French Grand Prix. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.